Hi everybody, hope you're all doing well. In this week's episode, Ashley and James talked about ancestral healing, ancestral trauma, and all these kind of things that we inherit from past lives, from ancestors and everything. We got to learn a lot, a lot about this topic and how we can clear that shit that we've been carrying for many, many, many years from different like generations and ancestors. I think it was a really good talk between the two of them and they are really great even if they don't have a guest, aren't they? Alright, so that was it for me. Thank you everybody for being here and see you again in the next episode. Bye! Hey everybody, welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits podcast. We are really excited that you're here to get weird with us. <laughs> and we're going to have all kinds of, you know, absurd ideas playing around with magnificent guests. And we're just going to go to places you always wanted to go. But, you know, you can tell mom and dad how you felt about aliens, about channeling. You couldn't say fuck. I'm Ashley Bradley. I am a mom. I am an intuitive business coach. I'm a business psychic and a channel. And I am James Lester. I am an open homosexual. I'm a speaker, a writer. I am a member of the recovery community, and I am a queer activist. And after you listen today, we would love it if you would follow us in one of the podcast places, Spotify, Apple, just to name a few subscribe leave us a review it helps new people find what we've created and we thank you for listening let's do this we gotta recenter like so big in many ways we need to recenter (laughs) ma'am this is a family show hi everybody how was everyone's um, whatever you celebrated yesterday? I feel very conflicted, honestly, about calling it Thanksgiving, and I think we need a fucking rebranding. I was up calling in here it, a new name, a different day. I was different... calling it Day of Thanks and Indigenous Tribe Celebration Day. How do you feel about those two? Yeah, I do. Thank you. Do you have other names you'd like to put forth to mm, get the American no. audience? But no. if anyone else wants to get on board with this, then. We'll start planning it now, but we really won't plan it. And except for like, you know, the day before, that's kind of my style. That's, so the day before they'll know what they're celebrating. <laughs> then we'll put a post up if we're still doing I did this enc- podcast. We I, will be. <laughs> I did encounter a porn yesterday where they were having sex with squash. And that was very interesting <laughs> to me. God. It was like a Thanksgiving theme. It was a Thanksgiving porn. Play. And they're having sex with squash. <laughs> Like it was like there was like it was like sorry guys but I'm not sorry group sex. I was like actually we have a couple pull out of right now. <laughs> here it is right here. Here we go. So I thought that was new. Maybe uh-huh. not. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a part of like conscious porn? Like because like we always like I'm always talking about our business ideas, and I'm like oh so like the guy what would like the Gaia of porn be like? Sleep because Gaia puts me to sleep. I actually feel like. It wouldn't be like Gaia at all because I feel like those are like the the, the gurus that have just evolved above it. They're just like above know, sex altogether. Above it. Yeah, I never want to be so far above. <laughs> I don't engage in sex. <laughs> Hello, everybody. So, how we doing? I feel like 
I feel like life updates will probably come in like mm -hmm. just through this topic yeah. because I think that this topic can't happen like authentically unless we're putting up some of our own stories in there like mm -hmm. as we're discussing it we don't have a guest today but you maybe it's you maybe well <laughs> it depends so the very self-helpy maybe you're the guest maybe you're meant to hear this because <laughs> we're exploring different formats uh, lately yeah and for us I'm actually excited. We were just saying it like we have 50 episodes as of next week. That's episode 50. And that we're like, wow, we're proud of ourselves. For being dedicated <laughs> for to being dedicated to something. Times. Like, yeah, to have 50 episodes so, over a year. But I think that we're also like, well, how can we make this sustainable? There's a lot of shifts and changes and different things that happen in our lives. And we're like, how can we make this like really fun and light and like continue on all the fucking the brilliant nonsense that brilliant. we do on the show <laughs> and um yeah but not make it feel like heavy like oh my gosh we have to find guests and our lives are crazy right now so we would really like to at times have it be where like people can join us on mm -hmm. the spot where if you're like live with us like on Facebook that you're able to click a link and pop in through video or audio, kind of like radio shows. Yeah. When people just used to listen to radio. So basically we're going to have guests here and there. Yeah. Sprinkling guests, but basically we want you to be able to phone in screen in whatever with your questions, comments or audio questions. Yeah. Like, like you can send voice memos and we'll actually be able, or like a short selfie video with, questions that you might want us to answer that actually might inspire an episode because we really feel like we just want to have more involvement if we're going to do this live mm -hmm. we want to have more fun and more people involved in what we're creating so so let's open mm -hmm. up the can of what we're gonna be dancing with today because it is rather all over the place it impacts i think a lot of spirit parts of spiritual journey like mm -hmm. you know current past body mind spirit i think it's just so what's your your definition of what we're discussing tonight with ancestral trauma yeah so to me like the ancestral trauma is like i think inherited is what mm -hmm. we would call it and i think that um there's multiple different ways that it could impact us. Uh, I want to say one layer is just like the drama of, or the drama, well, the drama and the trauma <laughs> of like parents and grandparents that it's like literally passed down mm -hmm. family lines and cellular memories, even through like the way that like people respond, like through their trauma, like it's, it's passed on through generational lines like that. Um, it trips me out to think that like I was, once like when my grandmother was pregnant with my mom like and my mom's eggs were already were developing as a fetus that i was once in her body and she was once in the body of her grandmother like how far you know even from like thinking about the vibration and frequency how how far that travels down but we also talk about like i well for me past lives like i think it could very much be past lives or simultaneous lives that we're having and I, I do see it that way in a more multidimensional way, mm -hmm. which I don't hear talked about, not maybe as often. And then I think it's also like what's passed on even through our, our culture. Like there's so many different things that we see 
um, around us and in our environments. And essentially it's like, we didn't create it, but it wasn't healed in generations past. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to us and we, you know, being that we're living in an environment where healing and um, growth, I think is much more embraced and encouraged. We're in this, this time where it's playing out that people are healing what's landed in their lap and they're like we're able to change it for everybody right that we're able to like really stop the pattern not pass it on to the next person not have it just continue to play out in our lives unconsciously mm -hmm. so what i feel like you're gonna have a separate better take that's probably way briefer don't ever say <laughs> better i just really like admire your brevity and i I'm an out loud processor, so mm -hmm. I, I use a lot of words just to kind of. And I love it. Yeah. And I can, I personally, not to like suck your dick or anything, but like I can like <laughs> listen to you talk all day. But for me, like what has really come up from, I love hearing people talk about like the whole thing you're talking about, like, you know, the mm -hmm. eggs within, you know, like how it, just it is cellular wise, it is passed down. But for me, yeah. what is really interesting is the generational traumas and you know, quote unquote curses that we see immediately in our families, you know, just our like our our living timelines. Like, you know, I can really I'm gonna use alcoholism as an example because mm -hmm. it's such a I think a vivid one and it's a vivid one in my own life. Like my grandparents and then my parents and then myself and my brothers and sisters, our relationship with that disease and with alcohol itself, not only as a disease, but how we handle our alcoholism and how it is talked about or not talked about. Mm -hmm. Just that immediate timeline right there, like those three generations. And my my family, and I'm not trying to like throw them under the bus or talk them as shit, but like they just never wanted to deal with it, you know, and it went on and on and on. And I feel like, you know, it's it's both a great opportunity and it sometimes it feels like a burden to like break that, you yeah. know, and toxic relationships with my own family. Like I, that's all I've ever seen in my own family is toxic relationships and, you know, things being swept under the rug and resentments. And I feel like, mm -hmm. again, it has fallen in my lap and it's also a very beautiful opportunity to break that, to break the chains. And, you know, thinking further back, I wonder how long my family has been in this syndrome. So for me at that very like human level, it's very interesting. I love hearing you talk about it like on a much bigger timeline, but right now I can only like wrap my head around like that. Yeah, know? no, totally. And I think honestly the multi-dimensional like ancestral healing like has only come into perspective for me because it's starting to pop in for readings mm -hmm. as like I'm seeing more of that. And I think that that piece of it, I get curious about because we know that we have past lives as mm -hmm. well. So I think it's actually easiest to spot the things that's in our direct family line because we can look back and be like, oh yeah, well, fucked I think, up, fucked up, yeah. right? But that like, I think it's a little bit more challenging sometimes when we can't trace it back to something here in this lifetime in this body. And so I think that that's some of the stuff that I'm curious, like, I can't say that, like, I can speak a ton on just that, like, I'm curious to see what else I learn about that. And, you know? I, and I think it's, you know, for you and I being Caucasian people, I think it's, uh, I think for people of color, indigenous people, like people that their their family traces back to Africa, I think it's so much more complex, you know, because that is on a cellular level that is mm -hmm. like on a very traumatic level. And I think that 
I've been hearing different speakers talk about it and it's so like my like mind just gets blown by it and like my hopefully compassionate heart like really beats for that because like I just can't imagine feeling that within the DNA and the structure of a family to feel those wounds mm -hmm. you know like I feel like mm -hmm. my family being a family that was always abusive throughout every generation that's enough to like try to deal with in this lifetime I can't imagine that overbearing weight that it must feel like for like the ongoing racism like slavery like that stuff is definitely impacted in our DNA and our, our, ourselves and how we respond to things. So I think that's very, very intriguing. And I would love to have conversations with people of color and mm -hmm. how, how to deal with that because my mind can't even really wrap around that. But what what has come up for you recently that has really like set off of wanting to understand this and really address this? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting as well, like being in this time in my life where I really like I fucking value authenticity. But then like when there's big things going on in my life, like I've, I'm faced with like the discomfort of like walking through it and like being in like, oh, do I tell my clients about this? Where do I mm -hmm. talk about this? So I haven't really I've only talked about it like privately thus mm -hmm. far, um, you know, family, friends, some clients one on one, but I am like walking through a divorce right now and it's amicable and mm -hmm. I feel like we're we're like literally on like reading the conscious uncoupling book and just trying to like really come and walk through this like from a place of love. But for me, like like I always like I have the conditioning of like oh what's appropriate and not appropriate like when do you talk about these things openly but I always also have to honor like where I'm at in my own story because it's hard for me to show up here and just not be all of who I am like I, I've worked too hard to like <laughs> like be all of who I am you know mm -hmm. but in this process I'm like universe source god like fucking show me like every pattern that i have not seen that i need to see like let's use this energy and all of these changes that are going on in my life to like just let it appear and it's fucking painful like to like be in the place of having to look at all of your patterns and the things that i know that like i i didn't we inherit so much of it, like these behaviors, like I had a realization that, that I was codependent mm -hmm. and it was really hard for me to see that. Cause I'm like, fuck, I've been doing this like work on myself for so long. Like, how did I not see it? And I'm just like, fuck you for not telling me, like, why did you not tell me? Although I did, it was so disorienting to like see a pattern that big that I, I know in different ways has been learned right that like there's different ways why we become the people that we are and i think that i was starting to heal it without understanding but to see like wow like this is impact back impacted friendships like work relationships it still comes into play with me and my business and I didn't honestly ever understood what it meant until I was ready to see it. See, and that's the funny part, because this bitch actually did text me when I was at work, like, why didn't you fuckers tell me about this? And when yeah. we're finally able to talk about it, I think once you get on any kind of spiritual path, 
that you start to address these things without labeling them. So the whole time that we've been reunited in these past, you know, four years, like I've seen you because I mean, our past versions of ourselves, oh, it was definitely we met played in out. a yeah. way that was like, yeah, I was codependent, a, yeah, I was a sick, alcoholic, yeah, a sick yeah. fucking alcoholic. And you're yeah. this codependent bitch. Okay, I'm going to heal like, him and love him. For you and just like be your best friend. And then I'm going to know that I'm like good enough and I'm pretty enough <laughs> and I'm loved enough. Like, just let me be a puppy. Like that was like <laughs> how our dynamic started. Yeah. That's why I was like, why don't you fucking tell well, me? Well, and then so ever since we've been, back together like i you've been working on it so i've never felt the need to be like you're being a codependent bitch because it's you've been so so working on it without labeling it or ever needing to say like codependent it's just yeah. been part of your journey and i think like you know this where you and you know your your husband are at you know at soon to, i don't want to say ex-husband because that's i don't want to be disrespectful but like where you guys are at i think all of it did come up and so you did finally label it but it's just part of your spiritual progression that you've already been working on all these years. Mm -hmm. So you're like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, well, bitch, I think you knew and you've been changing it. And I, but I think it does bring it back to our family and not that necessarily our families are horrible. It's just our families, they're just trained to deal with things a certain way or not deal with things a certain way. Well, and like, I think as well, like first off, I've learned in therapy, it is good to be angry and to be fucking pissed and hurt and to feel like all the things and therapy has been like so amazing for that. Like, and after I've walked through that, like, I, th I think that sometimes it's good to remember that like our parents inherited that mm -hmm. shit as well. And that for many of them, all of this comes from survival. Like we, we put it on as our armor, like as our survival to work through childhood, to make sure that we're safe and that like, literally our body's just wired for, for surviving. And if there's anything going on, like with our, um, the adults and the people around us that are taking care of us, like, um, then that's just our way of making sure that like they we're leaning in, right. That it's like, love me, make sure I'm, I'm okay. Like feed me, don't abandon me. Like, I think that that's, what unconsciously has played out in different ways and that's so many of us right well i think it's so important to like point that out that like as you learn more about the generational trauma and healing or the ancestral healing and trauma that needs to go on it really does bring up such vast pockets of forgiveness because i really really i've forgiven my mm. my family wholly and completely for all the things that were integrated into me because that's the only way our family has known how to get through these things. They were all just trying to survive. Yeah. It, and like you and I have talked about this and like people in, in our immediate circle of friends, like everyone is doing the best they fucking can. And that is such a hard concept to really grasp because we want to be angry at so many people. And we want to be let down by so many people. But the truth is our parents, even my parents, like did the best they could. Yeah. And to really understand that and and uh, and really grab onto that, so it takes so much forgiveness, and mm. sometimes it's forgiveness you don't want to give because yeah. you're so let down by somebody and you're so upset with somebody. Like fuck, I turned out like this because of you, but it's like your parents did the best they could with the tools they were given. Yeah, and it really is our generation and the generations that are coming up like right behind us that really have the chance to break all these chains. Because we were talking about that earlier that like, it's, they weren't like, 
encouraged to go to therapy, mm -hmm. right? Like they were like, oh, that's for like crazy people. Like you were going to be looked down upon. It just like wasn't. Make sure your, your head is like in the frame. But yeah. Big old head. <laughs> but that it's it's a newer concept for people to value like mental and emotional health and, and healing. And so I think that's like why we sort of have the upper hand to be the ones that are healers, like are healing all of this, right? Yeah, well, if like you sent me a podcast to listen to earlier to kind of get ready for this and they were talking that it was, you know, a, a woman, she, I think she had a PhD and she was yeah. a and she was talking about how her family all came from church. So you didn't go to therapy. You went and saw the pastor or the priest or whatever. And she like was the daughter of a, a pastor and she would answer the phone and her dad wouldn't be home. So she's like, they were going to talk either way. <laughs> so they stole her, their problems to her. But the point is like religious people were taught that if you go to therapy, you're weak or you're super crazy, mm. that it has to be handled within organized religion. And if you can't handle it there, then it, you just, it sits within you, mm. you know? And I think we watched a lot of generations get really fucked up by that and I think because we're in this age of social media like people are realizing like oh my god I have so many choices available to me it's not just the way that my family's handled it up until now I think um I think breaking the patterns like you know with with even you have to see the patterns <laughs> like because honestly like otherwise it's just gonna play out on autopilot That's what how other it works. what other patterns did you notice or have you noticed as you gone through this journey besides the codependency or what's really umbrellaed underneath that yeah i think that i've been aware of like where my business is at and like kind of I'm like, it's really sometimes hard to talk about things with your family because I'm just like, what do I talk about and what do I not? Like, how can we make Christmas awkward, you know? <laughs> no, like, it, like, that's if I'm pausing, I'm just, like, trying to choose, like, what feels appropriate in this moment while still standing in my story. Um, I think that it's interesting, like, looking, I guess, at that it's primarily been, like, um, married and divorced women where a lot of the, the wealth has been accumulated by the males mm -hmm. in the relationship and that, um, the women in my line, like were more stay at home moms or things like that. But I feel like while like my husband does really well, while my business has done well, like, I feel like I'm just coming into my stride. Like, I feel like my 40s are definitely going to be, like, so different than what it's been in the time of my business of, like, raising kids and having babies. And so I feel like, oh, like, I'm going to be, like, there's going to be wealth, like, in my family line that's also in the, the female side. And, like, I'm, like, how is that going to impact my daughter? And, like, in terms of, like, like, that's going to be an impact, right? Like, if the women in my line have not been the, the ones that are the wealth accumulators like um i think a lot of families like they'll talk about college or grad school the first to get advanced degrees and um what's interesting is i was doing a reading for somebody and there was like a desire for an advanced degree and like in the reading i could see that it just wasn't tied to her business in the way that i think she thought that it would but what came up is that i actually saw that that it's an ancestral like healing thing that like she's going to be the first in her line 
to have this advanced degree and it was like just really a, a dream or like a concept that wasn't available to other women in her family and like it really did land for her and I think it like sometimes if people can reposition why something actually has value to them when like they're just like this doesn't make sense right that there's some part of them that is coming into their sovereignty really into their full like liberation and impacting more than just themselves so i know like you're being very sensitive about the wording i understand it but it's what i've really learned from you is it's very important for you to be a woman of her own means be just because generationally that hasn't really happened in your family and i think that's the overall sentiment you're feeling right now is like you want to be a woman that is successful on her own terms yeah and i think also like the line, even like the line of work and what I'm doing and how I've sort of, I think like I just read, like, I think it's women who run with wolves and it's like about the wild woman archetype that like, I mean, I think it's no surprise that I'm like the first in my life, at least from my perspective, yeah. that's like really stepped into like that more wild primal feminine like archetype and it was cool like my i have a younger sister that's like in her early 20s and she was like i'm so glad that i have somebody in my family that is just doing like what she absolutely loves what she's passionate about she's like because i feel like for me like she's a dancer and she is like i feel like i could see her going into like choreography for hip-hop mm -hmm. like for her she's like it's easier for me to stand in my dream because i see you following yours and like to me, like, I just couldn't, even though she's not my daughter and she's my younger sister, it felt really good to see that, like, I get to experience that impact. Because I do feel like our friends and our family, like, as you're up-leveling and even people in your family have seen you get sober and fully fucking change your life, like, you're holding, like, possibility for them. You, you really, like, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're... <laughs> There can be a lot of resistance from like your your family lineage sometimes when they see you doing something that they didn't do mm -hmm. but they almost this i should speak for myself well it doesn't feel safe for them yeah, either right they, they have to like downgrade it or naysay it and I, I i do want to talk about love within my family though because this has been a really hard one for me to really i've grappled with it my my whole life is like love for me growing up it was something i i was scared of love because you know, and again, I don't have contact with my parents, but certainly not trying to throw them under the bus. I just saw it as love was very, very dangerous in my family. Love was toxic, you know, because my my parents were determined to stay together like fucking mm. Sid and Nancy, no matter what, to the detriment of everyone around them, like mm. their own children, their own family. And so for me, love was very toxic and scary. And when I loved someone and someone loved me back i became frightened of it and i i tried to blow it up or disintegrate it and looking back at my family timelines you know both my my grandparents are divorced mm -hmm. and it was toxic relationships there so it's been playing out in my family for a long time where it's toxic relationships that really hurt everyone around them and then blow up at the end and so i i am faced with that like can i do the work within myself to change that story within my own lineage you yeah. know and then i feel like the threat of like are you just gonna play out history all over again mm. so i've really learned that about love and how we can you know sculpt our children's 
and grandchildren's version of what love is. You know, a lot of my friends have stayed in marriages, and I'm not using you as an example at all, in marriages that weren't working because they wanted to do it for the kids. And I've always told them, like, is that how you want to show kids love goes? That mm -hmm. you guys are going to fight all the time and you're angry and not happy with one another and you're crying and screaming, but you stay together for them. And I think that's a very impactful one for our generation because our parents certainly believe that. Our grandparents certainly, certainly believe that. that like you stay for the kids. I think that's what's ridiculous is like some of the older generations are like, look at their marriage rights, just fucking broken families. And it's like, like those women fucking couldn't leave. Like they couldn't get their own checking account. Like if you're looking at like mm -hmm. the fifties the and like how much like the fucking on the surface, like the surface level and what things look like has been so protected, like that that's really just made it more toxic and passed on more trauma for everybody. And so I, th I think that it's really, it's interesting, right? Like, like what's actually driving the, the statistics and, and are people actually like, it seems like people are becoming more healthy and like more healed. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people say that like, oh, people don't take marriage serious anymore. And I think that people, for the most part, I mean, there are some people that do take marriage very lightly and just, you know, do it on a whim, but mm -hmm. I think they take marriage seriously, but they also realize they have options. They now. take them fucking their yeah. self-love seriously. Yeah. Like, that's what they take and seriously. I think, you know, this is just ah. opinion of, some people won't like this, but I think we fucked up a lot of generations of kids by that sentiment that you have to stay now because of those vows. And I think most people do mean those vows when they're taking them. They absolutely do mean them, but enough is enough. And mm -hmm. if two souls are suffering, the kids suffer as well. So I think that's a generational curse that like our generation, the generations behind us are like, fuck that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to stay and be miserable. I, I meant it at the time. I did mean those vows, but fuck shit, shit changes, you know, people yeah. change. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really interesting to watch with the people around me too. Like souls evolve if they're doing this journey, right. And they learn more about who they are and they crave different things than they did a couple of years ago. So I think just with the, the whole aspect of marriage, like sometimes it's not meant to be anymore. And I think it's a generational curse where you think you have to stay, even though you're, you're in pain. I definitely want to invite anyone in the comments. If there's anything that you want to share that you've realized is like what you're healing, like in terms of your ancestral trauma, um, if you want to join us and chime in, Solange will be able to share a link. If there's anything that you want to talk about with us, if there's any questions that you have, we definitely want to invite everyone into the conversation. Uh, I did. Oh, what are we? Let's see. She just put something up. Um, I'm thankful that my mom got a divorce from my dad because as effed up as my childhood was, it would have been a hundred times worse if they stayed together. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I know that my, I don't ever remember my parents married, but I absolutely agree because um, for me, like I knew, I knew that I was safe. Like I, I didn't have to work against like leaving my marriage and feel like, oh, you know, our family doesn't do this because like that, that allows us to feel like, oh, I will still be loved, safe, accepted, right? At that primal level that mm. inner child is all still within us so i definitely agree with that um i did want to talk about how um the healers like the ancestral trauma like with healers as well because we talk about witch trials mm. and the and the healers holocaust all the time and and that in many ways like 
I almost want to hold like your your sort of profession or your gifts almost like that they have this lineage as well. So if there's people in that lineage that have been persecuted or you and other family multidimensional past lives that you've had have had some persecution that's happened to you. Like I very much believe that the subconscious is holding all of the things that has happened to us from past lives. And I, I really want healers to think about this, no matter what, family they've come from or what they've healed in terms of their, their childhood, because there's a lot of healers that um, are pulled into healing work from a codependent structure of just always feeling like they need to um, take care of other people that like they feel safest, like when you're giving. And, and a lot of healers I see out there having trouble receiving money and making careers that are um, sustainable or they are sustainable and then they get a lot of burnout because they're also that person in every other aspect of their life and I think that the very first like spiritual teacher I had was like basically named that pattern and at the time I was like oh, I'm good like <laughs> I was like brand new that like, I wasn't even like you know I was just like first walking into it but she named that pattern of like hey like this is something that really attracts people into our, our fields that we need to all be aware of. And I'd say that even extends to like people who are nurses or therapists beyond just spiritual healers. And so I just want anybody that um, is walking into this work or um, noticing some of those, those patterns, like, and how they play out to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, in Al-Anon, actually, you'll, you'll see a lot of that, too, because, you know, of course, I always bring about alcoholism, but a child of an alcoholic, well, the children will always usually assume a role. And usually if there's multiple children, one will be like the court jester. Mm. And one will be like the one trying to make everyone always laugh. There, there's always the healer in the family that's trying to paste everything back together mm. and, you know, be there and heal mom when mom's really suffering because of dad's alcoholism or brother's alcoholism. There's one always trying to make people laugh. And there's, you know, if there's multiple children, there's usually one that follows the same pattern of the addict. But yeah, those roles that people assume from like the, the trauma that's been passed down through generations. Absolutely. I can see that. And you sent me, it was funny. You sent me um, that TikTok video where they were talking about the narcissist and it was showing like a narcissist, like how most people, Ideally, you should get all their energy from source, but most mm -hmm. of the time we get a little bit of energy from source and then other people and how the narcissist gets all their energy from people mm -hmm. and they suck people dry. And I think that when you're raised in that environment, that you're always trying to dedicate your energy to healing people, that you almost get zapped yourself where you're left with nothing <laughs> and you're completely depleted. And I think that, you know, we've We've talked a lot about how being an empath, it's actually a gift, but you have to know how to use that gift because people will literally suck you dry. And I feel like with the codependent thing, which honestly, I think that that like a lot of people that listen to us for different reasons, I think it's going to be common like in our community. I'd say at least 75, 80% if I had to guess, right? We're into it. Um, I think I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> I was like, but she got it on another timeline. She'll be back in a few moments, you guys. I'm trying. Well, I don't even remember what my train of thought was. What my point was. 
it was good. It was really good, you guys. It was going to be so good. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, give her hearts emojis because it was going to be <laughs> so good. But she went on another timeline and come back. So just what, keep talking what else? Something I want to bring up is sexual trauma and, mm. and ancestral healing and generational healing. Because mm. that, for myself and my family and the people I've loved and the people I've walked through the programs that I work, sexual trauma is a huge fucking one. And again, that generation. Can you, yeah, tell me how it ties in ancestral. Because the way well. the I know way, where you're going. Yeah, but well, yeah. so part of my family is very Catholic. Okay. And there was a lot of trauma throughout the generations. And the Catholic Church has a history of, you know, push that shit under the rug. Mm. You know, so as it transpires down generation upon generation, we're taught the same thing. And so it's more tuck it under the rug, more shame put around it, uh, more don't talk about it. And it goes through lineage, through lineage, through lineage. And then you're you're like when it happens to you, and I'll speak for myself, when it happens to you, you're then carrying the weight of all these generations having the same shame. And it's within your body, it's within mm -hmm. your, your structure. And then when yeah. it happens to you, you not only are you dealing with your own sexual trauma, you're dealing with the trauma of all these other generations. Yeah. And I certainly felt that. And like when you finally, you know, it took me coming out of my alcoholism to really address the sexual trauma that went on. But then I was not only dealing with my own sexual trauma, I was dealing with all these other generations and feeling that weight. So I think that that is something that is not talked about enough. You know, people say like the Me Too movement is too much or, you know, people are making too big of a deal out of things. But it's like a, a pot that's been boiling for like generation after generation. This pot uh -huh. has been boiling, boiling, and finally the lid fucking blew. So I don't know if you relate to that or if you've experienced that with like the people that you've worked with through readings or coaching. Or I have, but I think where it takes me is like, like with when we get back into our bodies in different ways that a lot, we notice a lot of the trauma, the ancestral trauma coming up. So like with alcoholism or drug use that you're not in your body, you're trying to sort of escape mm -hmm. it not feel it. Right. And then for me, for different reasons, I feel like probably a lot related to motherhood and all of that. Like I just haven't been in my body as much. And like the body keeps score is like a huge trauma book. And I know that like when all of my trauma was rehashed during the me too movement, that's when I had read it, but that it is very much stored in our, in our bodies mm -hmm. in different places. And like we talked about, it, it, you didn't always put it there. Right. But that I think that when you come back into your body, that that's when you're, you're noticing things that you've never noticed before uh, because most of the world is not in their fucking body. Like they're just in their mind. Mm. They're in their head and they operate from here up. That's why people are cut off from their intuition and their creativity and their passion is they're just really stuck in the mind. And in some ways it's like to not have to feel, you know, like, yeah. because we know, and we talk about how like, yeah, it's fucking hard to like sit in your, your, all your stuff and just feel it and not try to like distract yourself away from it. But I think that when we're coming into this like era of like healing and mindfulness and people come back to themselves and their physical vessel. Like, I think that's when this stuff tends to sprout up. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it co-aligns with sexual shame as well. Like even if you haven't experienced sexual trauma, like that sh sexual shame or feeling like you can't own your sexuality, is that co like that 
you saying coexist in the same kind of chamber we're talking about like yeah and i think also like that wild woman archetype that i was talking about i think that like the conditioning like in the line of women like that's why i think women have covered up like sexual trauma because it didn't feel safe for them to be in this patriarchal society where it's like your boss or you know some somebody else right that that you don't feel safe like owning your truth in that and the other women have showed you like oh we don't talk about this like we don't say those things and so i feel like the archetypes for women have been um what is it the virgin or the madonna oh, the, like the it's madonna either like you're whore. a slut like a, you're you're like innocent and you're pure or you're a fucking slut and it's like it's one or the other and so i do feel like so many women have been cultured to just like seem like this pure like like good girl i know i was very much in that bucket and i think that being able to reclaim that wild woman archetype for women i think that that has them being like yeah i am a sexual creature and i have a, a body and i'm all of these things at the same time and i'm still valuable like that's that's fucking ancestral healing for sure so megan said truth embodiment is so huge in the in the heart-centered shift we need we're uh i can't see it the light sentient beings um meaning feeling we know the truth but we can feel the truth mm, yeah that. and i think that when we feel the truth as meg is saying that's when it can actually change our structure like our entire physical being like transforms when we we go in through the portal of feeling you know yeah and I love what you're saying about how we just operate from from minds that and people are like oh it's like all the good stuff's in the mind but it's the computerized mind it's the the mind that all like, the fucking programming and conditioning lives yeah. up there as well right yeah and I like one of the things I always say is I'm a grateful alcoholic because I watch a lot of my friends especially my I don't have a whole lot of them but my homosexual friends a lot of them can just live through like that pre-programming and that facade and mm. that this is who you're gonna be and they just live through that and they can live okay lives and die like that and for me I think anyone that's on any kind of spiritual journey not not just alcoholism or whatever brought you to your spiritual journey like you have to access all of it you know, all of it. So I feel from like all the chakras and I feel from heart and I feel yeah. from, you know, my intuition and my gut. And I think that if I didn't have alcoholism, I just would have stayed up here. Mm. And I just would have played that pre-programmed, fearful, bitter, depressed game till my death that I almost did. And so, but to access all that, you do have to access all that's going on in your body, including the generational bullshit that's come along with it. Yeah. And I think that some people think like, oh, I came from like a really great family. I don't I don't have any of this trauma. Like trauma can happen in, in much more subtle ways. Well, I feel like all of the world has kind of been traumatized yeah. at, at this point. Like I I think that it I think that things are also triggering like some of the like I was thinking about like the depression, right? Mm -hmm. That happened and how like in many ways like that is like still living within us like or, or whatever other things have happened because i know it's going to be different wherever people's ancestry is but that like i think things are getting triggered in people and because it they can't logically understand where it came from it's really hard for them to process and there a lot of people don't give value to processing healing that they 
can't logically understand or explain. And I think that that's why the spiritual and the, you know, everyone that works multidimensionally, that those people are important because I do think that society is going to expand into that in the coming years and being like, it doesn't fucking matter if you understand it or if you know where it comes from, if you're feeling it, if you're experiencing it, it's valid and it's important. Like, let's give more, let's, let's make that important to you as well. And to let having it be validated and healed. I think it's really interesting to once you, and I, most people listening are going to like be on their own spiritual path to understand this. And then we have things like the holidays coming up and then to like be in all this and feel all this and then be around this family. Mm. And like, if you try to bring it up to the nucleus that is your family, how they, it's not usually well received. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think, um, cause I think, at least like with most of the people that we know, like it is something where the friend groups and the families are like leaning in and talking about these things. But I think that like their conditioning and what's was safe for them is like, we don't talk about it. Right. Like that's just, that's like a part of what's been passed down to them. And I think for me, I kind of forced it on family for a while. <laughs> and I was just like, we're like, this is what we should be doing. Like lean in. And I like, but I, I think that for me, like I've been able to find more like peace within myself when I don't have to change it. And like, I don't have to have it be that way yeah. that like I can be okay with it. And at times, like if it doesn't feel healthy for me that I can like remove myself from situations if I want to, because I, I just think that that was what I was going to say earlier is that at times, like we almost like create chaos in our lives i'd love to hear your perspective of like stirring things up or sort of making drama or leaning into drama because we need to feel something and like i think a part of me like you know looking at our friendship like as the codependent like you and i always had some kind of drama but i think both of us were feeding off of the drama like in certain ways to have things to talk about and fixate our minds on and worry about and not have to feel all the shit that we were feeling at the time for me, it, I've really noticed that anger and depression, and I talk to people in the, the program, I work about this all the time, that they're addictions and they're, they're very enticing addictions for every human, not just the alcoholic and the addict, like being angry and being depressed. Mm. Like I'll watch people like get sobriety and understand sobriety and, and but they're still addicted to that mm. drama of anger or depression, you know, still wearing the glasses. The universe is absolutely against them and people are and letting them down or making them angry. So I think from that, we continue to create chaos, mm. you know, peace is accessible to everyone but it does take work and understanding and i watch people start to get on the peace like like they'll get on the, the path of peace but they're still addicted to the anger the or the wagon. yeah and they'll, they'll throw it right in the, the way of their, their pathway to you know to happiness yeah and I, I was definitely guilty of that in my disease in our early friendship where it's like i, I had to be have something to be angry at or depressed about at all mm -hmm. times you know and, and you'll hear a lot of people that are in recovery talk about things when things got good, that's when they relapsed because they couldn't handle things being good or peaceful. So I think absolutely we do create chaos because it's a fucking addictive. And we think that's life, that life is supposed to be full of drama. And I don't know if we named it yet, but even like us being able to look back at our story 
and like even like our relationships with everyone and have a new story about it. And like, like, I think that that's very empowering. And so I do feel like cause some people will be like, oh, well, why look at the past? Like, just be in the now. Like, it, it's still with you like now. Like, if it's still showing up, if like you're still feeling it, it's still very much happening and important in your present moment. And if you can understand that story from a new perspective, like, cause oftentimes if it's coming up to be healed, you're fucking strong enough to heal it now. Like you're going to be able to create a new story about it. And like, that's like what people's identity and how they view themselves and the kinds of goals they pursue. It's all built on that. Yeah. And I, de I definitely, yeah, people, and I get that a lot about like being here now and not harping on the past, but for me, like the, my past is like full of textbooks of things that I needed to learn from. And I think if you're not looking at the text of your past and learning from it, then you're not being a good student of life. Mm. And, I, and I think it's easy to be like, well, just be in the here and now. And yeah, yeah, we should be in the moment here and now, but we should certainly learn mm -hmm. from all the, the past. And, you know, the, you know, recovery has really given me that gift where it wasn't a choice. It's like, you're, you're going to go do this. Like you're going to go <laughs> handle this shit. You know, that's yeah. part of what reconnected us was, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's in the past. Just leave it be. Okay. Did you learn from it? Did you explore it? And I think that's, it's really interesting to see past generations be open to that. I have a friend of mine who was the mother of someone I was really close to, and she's done all the healing and she's like on that healing journey in her, I think she's in her sixties now. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful to see past generations really tap into this and be like, not only am I going to heal myself for my own benefit, but I'm going to aid you in your journey of healing. Mm. Because I think a lot of families, they don't want to hear about it or like you're accusing them of being bad parents or coming from a bad family. But I think if we look at their past, it's so rich. Like you're saying, like people live through the depression or through wars. I mean, like our generation has seen how many fucking wars now, like, that there's things to be healed and explored. And I think it can be such a beautiful thing to do with family members if they're willing. Yeah. No, I think it, it's, um, I think it's just going to depend on the family. And I think I just want to, that your family doesn't have to lean into the healing. Yeah, for, true story. Yeah. And I know that there's that phrase, like, like if you heal it for like yourself, you hear, heal it for everyone. And I, I don't even know that they're, they would consciously recognize it, but I'm sure that some part of them, like, even if they're saying shitty things on the outside, that maybe some part of them gets that healing or that knowing that, like, it ended with you. But I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. Well, I think other timelines, too, you can definitely heal that or, like, breaking the chains from that. I feel like if, yeah. like, if I do continue my sobriety, it, it is the first family uh, line <laughs> that will be able to break that. <laughs> Solange. Solange. Yeah, so we have <laughs> we have Solange now um that is able to pull up comments but I love it because I feel like I'm able to be a lot more in the conversation mm -hmm. and not being like let me scroll and read and pull them up so I'm like really grateful for that and, and um and by the way if you only join us on the lives. I would love for you as they get posted to please, please look up the episodes, even if you're not going to listen to the whole episode again, just to hear Solange's breakdowns of the episodes, because I actually, I just, they are fucking killing me. I love them so much. Like I can yeah. listen to just all of Solange's breakdowns for our episodes and I can listen to our episodes and just crack If you don't know up. what he's talking about, 
we've decided that Solange is basically like our Robin, yeah. like that if we are like spiritual Howard Stern, that Solange is like the Robin. She's like Robin, but slightly hotter because Robin's pretty hot, but Solange is. Mm -hmm. she's hotter let's yeah. just be real about yeah. this whole situation and so solange always had like really interesting breakdowns of our conversations <laughs> really funny comments of like oh no here we go again like in her two accent. minutes in vagina <laughs> but, so if you haven't listened to those please treat yourself you don't you don't even have to listen to our episode but you can give us five stars yeah comment, you, but, you, sh you yeah. should definitely help us and leave a review on the podcast places so that people could find us. But yeah, so Solange will be doing all of our episode recaps moving forward, like through her lens of what we talked about and where we got inappropriate, or maybe if we like sucked and like we got off topic, she'll she'll let you know. She'll She's like, know. just fast forward through the first thirty minutes. It doesn't get good. She'll <laughs> she'll give it to you straight. <laughs> So I think that I would love to continue exploring this topic in the future, definitely. And yeah, I, I think that this topic is going to have a lot of branches and like different, you know, types of people that we bring in because I do feel like it's, it's just relevant. I think it's important right now. And I also think it'll be really cool because we're able to speak to our own things mm. with ancestral trauma. But if we have other people chiming in, like you lit like the right podcast that you listen to with the right person, like, you know, naming what's going on for them, like can give people aha moments. And so I think it'd be really valuable from that perspective to bring in some other, some other things. So are we like going to like do the high dive or the low dive into otherworldly beings or like, what's the fucking problem here? Cause we keep talking I think that about we're trying to find the right guests because I think that you and I are kind of picky when it comes to guests. I like, like sometimes, you know, like we met some people in Sedona that some of them would be good guests, like the shop owners and the experiencers. And then you get on their, okay. their Instagram and then you're just like, that's cool. Like I really support, like I'm so on board with you being you. And like, we're sometimes on different frequencies that just because people are into star seeds and, UFOs on aliens, like there's all different types okay, of us. I would like to clarify from the trip to Sedona, you and other Ashley were into <laughs> it. Okay. Let's that's a whole another episode of this individual from Sedona you guys were so enamored with. And I was like, what the fuck is going no, on? But here? it was really funny because that one <laughs> I feel terrible. Like we're terrible right now. You're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> But I just remember like it was some kind of sound healing, but it felt like it was coming in kind of like if someone's just trying to stick it in you and they're not giving you any warning and they're just like putting it in with no foreplay. It was very aggressive sound healing. And it was like, you I turn it say. on. It was like, ah, ah, like very, like no warning, no setup of what it was going to be. Just ah. <laughs> And so we were cracking up and I was like, whoa, wow, this is but, too much. I, full disclosure, both my Ashley's. Do you think people feel like that about our podcast? Probably. They're, they're like, you guys are no lube bitches. But, you guys are no lube Yeah, but full disclosure, this trip to Sedona, both the Ashley's were into this individual, thought he was hot and gorgeous and so spiritual. And then we did some, so we did some social media stalking. And it was not good friends. It just was not a good time. It was not a good look for this individual. It was not a good sound. So yes, we do have to make sure that it is the right vibrations. People on here. 
I think that at some point we literally might have to move our podcast to OnlyFans because it's the only platform that'll accept us. For and the what last we talk time, about, <laughs> we're not moving to OnlyFans. It would open up a whole new channel of monetization. I'm really trying to get him on board. And I'm like, you want to get a fucking publicist? You really want to get this like podcast out there? Like fucking open up to possibility. When I am holding the moral center for where we're going in the future, you really have to question your life choices. Well, maybe we need to get on the same page and have like a mission statement. Solange, really, totally agree. Okay, so All right. I think that's a wrap for tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm really hungry. All right. And so right. I think we should. Love you guys. Page. Bye, everyone. <laughs>